On this edition of the Table of Content, Michael and I look back at A Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens classic that we are One Body Audio Theater, recorded in a four-part series. We'll look back more and review that recording that's coming up next, right here on the Table of Content. Thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of the Table of Content and a very Merry Christmas to all of you. My name is Albert Sines. I am joined with Michael Steele. Michael, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, thank you, Albert, and uh, very Merry Christmas to you as well. Thank you. Thank you. I am, I am doing my very best to make it a very Merry and very blessed Christmas. Wonderful. So uh, let's let's get into it. Uh, we are talking about A Christmas Carol, the Charles Dickens timeless classic that has found its way in renditions from George C. Scott to the Muppets. Uh, and now we have done at Audio Theater our own version of it, which we captured in a four-part series. Uh, so we'd like to talk a little bit about our production and just a little bit about the story and why. Uh, Charles Dickens' story following Ebenezer Scrooge is still a a relevant story even to this day. Uh, Now, you and I both took part in this actual production with Audio Theater. Uh, What was your role? Oh, well, Albert, I was so stoked to be able, if I could use a Southern California word. Yes, please. Please use as much (laughs) Southern California as you would like at any time. (laughs) So I was so stoked. I have no background in audio theater or voice acting, and this was my first venture into it. And so when I got the sort of circular email that was sent out saying, hey, there's open auditions, I thought, you know what? Why not? So I went in the studio, you know, butterflies in the stomach and just kind of, you know, anxious and and auditioned. And it was just a fantastic experience. Uh, overall, as a as a first time sort of uh, voice actor participating in uh, this production, and so I was blessed to land the part of friend number three in nephew's Fred's uh, Christmas party. You know the Christmas party where they're having and they're they're kind of poking fun at Uncle Scrooge for not coming over. Right, that's where they're playing that word game, right? Yes. Right. I'm thinking of an animal and can you guess what it is? <laughs> yeah, right. 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 So, so it was, it was really just marvelous working with the team over there at the audio theater and they just made me feel right at home and uh, you know, great coaching. Um, and it was just, yeah, it was just a fantastic experience. And so I, w- I landed five lines and it was uh, you know, it was great. I practiced them diligently and uh, you know, like to think of myself as a method actor. <laughs> what what was your motivation? <laughs> oh, it was just well. First of all, I love the story you know, of uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol, and it's such you know such a cathartic experience. Uh, Ebenezer Scrooge going through his conversion and recognizing more valuable things in life, but it was just more than anything else. It was just the opportunity to be a part of this collaboration with other people and to put, you know, put something out there that uh, would bring entertainment and joy to other people who love the story as well. 
you know, uh, I, I agree with you because, you know, it's, it's always fun to sort of take part in these sort of uh, productions with audio theater. But mm. when you have a chance to sort of be a part of one that really, you know, has this sort of weight behind it as such as a Christmas carol. And you're like, okay, I'm going to get to be a part of a Christmas carol. Uh, because, you know, we, we do a lot of stories. Some of them are more well-known. Some of them are original stories written uh, in-house and by volunteers. But, you know, a Christmas carol, I mean, we're talking about the Christmas story. And so mm. it really is great to be a part of something like that. Uh, and, you know, I, and I got to be a part of it. I, I got to uh, play the role of Bob Cratchit. And uh, what an integral role sort of Bob Cratchit plays from his interactions with Scrooge, the sort of potential as you see what could happen with his family and Tiny Tim and then sort of his sort of uh, his rise in the end in the eyes of Ebenezer Scrooge. So it, it was right. a it was a fun role to, to play. But really, for all the reasons that you mentioned, it just uh, great to be a part of the of the team uh, and if you go visit our, our website, we've got a page dedicated to a Christmas carol. So if you go to waobaudiotheater.org and you look mm. up our Christmas carol page, you can see some of the behind the scenes photos. And you just see, you know, all of us gathered together. You can see people being expressive and emotions. And it just, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. And it was a full cast. You know, it wasn't just a couple of people creating voices. Like uh, this was casted out very well. And, yes. you know, to try and get the right people for the role. So I, I really enjoyed just being a part of it and getting to meet some some new faces, which is always good about audio theater. It's an opportunity to meet new people uh, and get a chance to interact with not just the, the people who work there, but with people from around the area. So really, it was a fun production. Uh, and I, I was very thankful to be able to be a part of it. It really was. It was a great, uh, like you were saying, a great spirit of collaboration. And, and I feel they did a great job with the casting and especially casting you as uh, Bob Cratchit. You you really nailed the part. Oh, well, you're very kind. Thank you. I'll, I'll pay you later. <laughs> That's right. I'll send you my check or send you my bill. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, but talking about the production, uh, it probably would have been a great production just having the the voice cast that we did because we really had some really great people. Uh, but this was a full production. Like we we put uh, time into having music, into having sound effects. Uh, so it really, the whole experience came together. I mean, like you you, you hear mm -hmm. like the winter wind from outside, the, the creaking of doors, and you know all the interactions with all of the different ghosts, like. All of this was put in to really make it come alive. And, you know, because, you know, it's one thing to watch something, right? It's one thing mm -hmm. to, hey, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch A Christmas Carol, you know, the George C. Scott version, or I'm going to sit down and watch A Muppet Christmas Carol, you know, and you get to see the visuals and you get to see people and, you know, like, oh, sure. yeah, it's all sure. sort of, you know, it's right there in front of you. So your eyes sort of offload what your ears kind of need a little bit. Uh, but with an audio production... You just have to rely kind of completely on on your mind to sort of fill in the pictures. And what better way to do that than not just have a great cast, but to have full sound effects and to have music and to sort of make it come alive. And then your mind can sort of fill in all of the rest of the spaces. Right. If you're dealing with cinema or film, you can show instead of tell. But when you're in the realm of audio, you have to tell versus show but you have to tell as well 
with these sound effects and those add to the ambience or they, they, they fill out the picture in one's imagination. And, uh, yeah. And I, I believe even at the time, if I remember correctly, when we were uh, putting it together, there was uh, plans for us to actually uh, do a live performance. And that also excited me as well. Just getting up there with a microphone and just acting it out on a stage with a live audience that I feel like, that, that would have been a great experience as well. Before we get into talking about the actual sort of story itself a little bit. Um, sure. You know, I want to talk a little bit, just a little bit more about the cast. Now, there are some regulars at audio theater. And mm. um, it it kind of would have made sense. Like, all right, well, let's just reach out to the regular folks that we use. And I mentioned this before, like they worked really hard to cast as well. And there was like a casting call put out. And and we legitimately brought in some people that were not sort of in the in the normal regular sort of sphere of volunteers, mm. and I think that was so great because not only did it sort of open the doors, you know, to you know fill in from people outside of you know we'll we'll say regular audio theater volunteers, but mm. it really just sort of is this like chance to sort of bring people from the community in to really take part in this great production and. Uh, and again, it showed in the final product. It showed in the final product, and the, the the people who came in as the voice cast were really they were the right people for the job. Mm. Absolutely, you know, and I feel again very blessed to have been one of those kind of new people that that sort of entered into just kind of as a as a walk in, you know, and uh, and yeah, it was it was a great opportunity to meet uh, local uh, talent. And, uh, and like you were saying, we had like, I think like a couple of Christmas parties as well during the whole, you know, production of it. And you had a chance to really meet the people, uh, where they were at. And as opposed to just like, I'm just here to record something, but it was great. It was a really great, uh, spirit of community. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great nod to audio theater. It is very mm-hmm. good at forming a spirit of community. That's an excellent way of saying it. Yeah, yeah, they do a great job, uh, kind of fomenting that. So I want to take some time now just to actually get into the story a little bit. Now, most people should be familiar with the story, right? We have Ebenezer Scrooge, who's a grumpy old man whose interest mm-hmm. is in making as much money as possible at the expense of whoever needs to sort of be, I guess, trampled on along the way and is concerned with giving away as little as possible, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. He had a, a partner at one point, Jacob Marley, who has passed away. And in the beginning, he goes home, uh, Scrooge goes home, he's visited by the ghost of Jacob Marley and says, you know, you're basically on a path to destruction. You're going to be mm. visited by three ghosts and you better change your ways. Mm-hmm. All right. And, you know, of course, Scrooge is, uh, he's not so sure about this. He's sort of, you know, you could be a bit of a digested beef, you know, a, a blot of mustard. <laughs> you know, I, I love those lines. I really yeah. do. Like, I, I'm imagining, yeah. you know, just eating something that messes with your stomach so badly that you end up seeing a ghost, right. you know. Uh, but in, then he's visited by the ghost, the ghost of Christmas past. Christmas mm. pre- present and the ghost of Christmas yet to come or the Christmas future. Yes. Um, and he has a conversion. You know, he has a, a metanoia. He has a change yes. of heart. 
he completely turns around and realizes, you know, that he has been living in a way that has been destructive and that will continue to be destructive. So he changes his right. ways. He has a Merry Christmas and he, he, he reunites with Bob Cratchit and says, I'm going to do everything I can for you. I'm going to give you a raise and we're going to help Tiny Tim. And he goes with it to his nephew's house for Christmas. Mm. And, you know, Scrooge lives, you know, to the best of his, uh, the best of his days as the best person ever. You know, right. So, so, so that's kind of the summary. But my question to you is, why would this story be so relevant still? Like, why is it still something that people want to hear? Why do people still enjoy this story? Why has it not just sort of gone by the wayside and replaced by some sort of, you know, retro modern Christmas story that really has nothing to do with Christmas. Why is a Christmas Carol still important? That's a great question, Albert. And I've been asking myself the same uh, question as well. And, you know, this isn't the only Christmas story that Charles Dickens wrote. He wrote a number of Christmas stories. I had the pleasure of reading them a few years ago. Um, one of the titles that came back to mind was called Cricket on the Hearth. And he was writing all these wonderful stories. And his whole point was to try, like you mentioned, that metanoia. He was trying to prick the public conscience at that point. There was a lot of social injustice, a lot of child labor, a lot of inequality among people, a lot of um, strife, you know, socially. And Dickens was trying to wake up the collective uh, conscience of society to these social ills. And a lot of his writing reflects that. But among all of his Christmas stories, why is it, what's the, why does it make, why is, why is the Christmas Carol sort of that perfect storm? Um, I don't know. I, I think you have sort of, in one sense, the, the theme of conversion. You know, you start out, like you were saying, with this hard hearted, grumpy man um and he's he's clinging to something that desperately even uh that's giving him security or a perceived sense of security right but it's pointing to deeper insecurities that he has uh within himself right he's chosen a temporal reality to stake his claim for happiness and as the story unfolds you realize at the sacrifice of true love or romance, you know, or the possibility of forming a family. You know, there's sort of a broken relationship there along the way. You, so you have that element. Another element, you have the um, the dabbling in the supernatural, which I think we all kind of, as humans, we're all kind of like, whoa, are there ghosts out there? And are there, you know, um, happenings, you know? Um, and it seems like contemporary society is kind of fixated on that even more so. So you have sort of that, that paranormal aspect. And then you have the aspect of just uh, the eternal, like what is truly worthwhile in life? You know, that, that dramatic opening scene where the, the Jacob Marley takes him to the window and he sees all those spirits who are trying to help people, but their time has passed. So that you have sort of that existential point of view of time is short, how are we going to use our time here on earth? Are we going to do good with it or are we going to use it selfishly? And, 
and it's all wrapped up into a happy ending. I mean, how, how can you do that? I mean, I just feel like Dickens must have been inspired. And there was a movie actually that came out a couple years ago called The Man Who Invented Christmas. I feel like. Yeah, that, I saw that. That was a good movie. Yes. Right. And it kind of showed Dickens struggle with, you know, writer's block and, and trying to, to, you know, bring out this story. So anyways, um, but I, I thought it was insightful. I'm not sure how accurate it is or, you know, historically. But sure, sure. But it kind of gives you an insight into the man. But, but you know, I, I, I think, you know, if, if I was going to just sort of hone in on one thing, because I think you, you said a lot of great points there. I think all the mm-hmm. reasons that you explained are good reasons as to why it's still uh, a, a relevant story. But you know what I think? I think it's a, it's sort of a, an underdog, you know, road to redemption sort of, of story. And, you know, really, you know, a lot of times we want to think about underdogs as someone who's poverty stricken and someone who's, you know, has, has, has nothing for themselves. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you could say that to a certain degree about Scrooge, right? Cause he lives the life of, of a loner basically, you know, yeah. and all he has is his is his money. So you could say he has nothing, but he's not destitute. I mean, no. he, he runs a business. He's kind of shrewd about everything that he does, and he's kind of cutthroat, uh, yeah. or maybe not even kind of. He is. I mean, he's he's a cutthroat individual. He just wants to make money. Uh, so he's not, you know, I guess a typical underdog. Like he's got everything going for him, except that he's missing the great part of charity from his heart, you know, which yes. can shape an individual's life. But it is kind of an underdog story in a, a, a road that takes him from his past to his present and then ultimately leads to redemption. And I think people like those stories. I think people yes. like a story of redemption. They like a story where they see that someone who was on the wrong side comes to the right side, but you do it in such a fascinating way. Like, it's not just, you know, in his present day life, after talking with, you know, Tiny Tim, he has a change of heart, and, you know, Scrooge is forever redeemed. No, it's like, look, you need to look at your life as a whole. And Dickens Dickens says, all right, how can I do this? All right, we're going to take ghosts, we're going to say there's going to be a ghost of the past, ghost of the present, and a ghost of the future. And we're going yes. to take we're going to take Scrooge through his life, through the lives of those around him, and he is going to realize the impact that his life has on others. Yes. So it's not just up to him to sort of come to a conclusion in present day states of you know oh I've been a bad guy like it's like no right. my my life impacts others and people look at me in a certain way like I have great influence. And yeah. I think that we miss that on in our in our life, right? We we miss that we have influence in the lives around us, no matter mm. what we're thinking. Like somehow we're impacting people. So Dickens says, "I'm going to present Scrooge's life in a very interesting form, but we're going to show how he he can impact people or not impact people's lives from what he does and doesn't do." And we have this great story, just just like you said, with all of those elements. And in the end, Scrooge wins. And yes. he, and and he's and he's the better man for it. Oh, there's that great scene where he wakes up on Christmas morning and he just realizes that he hasn't missed it. You know that the spirits did it all in one night. And I, like you were saying, because Dickens 
draws us into the backstory, the life of Scrooge himself. Like you feel that moment all the more intensely because you realize, okay, here's the childhood he had. Here's where he started off well, but then here's where he started to go off track and how he ended up, you know, a miser, Scrooge, and also miserable at the same time. Because although he is wealthy, the story doesn't really, like you were saying, he was well off, no financial concerns, but he didn't enjoy any of it. You know, he's crotchety. He's, you know, he's, 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 he's a Scrooge. Um, you know, but the, the, yeah, that scene where he wakes up and he, he does a jig and he's just, you know, so happy. It just, it's really powerful. You know, the, the way that he, that he brings us into and draws us into that, that moment of conversion and realizing, you know, he's no longer a slave to his wealth, but now he is the true steward of his wealth. And he starts, you know, here's a, he, you know, goes to the window and he, he, I forget, he throws a bunch of money at this kid to go buy a goose for Bob Cratchit. You know? Right. It's right. like that. And you feel the joy of like, yeah, you can do good with what he has now. You know, he's, he's taking care of his own and others. And, and I'm sure there's more. There's more to his joy that Dickens could have expanded. But we really, sure. we emphasize in the story or, or Dickens emphasizes in the story the joy of giving. It's mm. not just the joy of being a a good man. It's like, hey, I'm going to be a good man now. I'm not going to be crotchety. I'm not going to be a miser. It, you know, right. I, I'm going to give, and that is going to bring great joy to my life. And that's a wonderful takeaway because yes. it, it is a, a society today, right, where we, we, we still need to be reminded that it's better to give than to receive. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is, you know, and, and and it's interesting. You know, like you were saying, the story focuses mostly on the actual conversion process, right? It, it delves into his misery and how hard-hearted he is. He, you know, Dickens establishes that really effectively at the beginning, right? But then the rest of the book is is about the conversion itself and the struggles that you know, uh, Scrooge is undergoing interiorly as well. And then the last part is only briefly uh, given over to the joy of giving and helping. You know, there's the scene where he goes back kind of humble to uh, his cousin, uh, or not his cousin, his nephew's uh, place, and brings them the joy of his presence at, at Christmas dinner. And then and then he just kind of says, and he became a second uncle to Tiny Tim, right? Uh, who got better, right? But yeah, it, he doesn't dwell a lot, a lot on the good that happens afterwards. We're kind of left with that imagination to kind of, oh, well, you know, what adventures may they have had afterwards? But isn't that kind of true though? When it comes to human storytelling, we like to focus on that dramatic. Tension. I don't know why that is, um, but it's like it's you know for better or for worse, it's the tragedies that have survived the the centuries of it's the ancient Greek tragedies more often than not that have survived rather than like all the fluffy happy <laughs> tales. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe that's a conversation for another time. I was thinking about what Dickens did in this story, mm. and 
basically a man consumed with wealth that in the end realizes his wealth should be shared. It's something that must have been very prevalent to Dickens in his life and the time period that, that he was alive uh, of being a better person for, for giving. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we uh, kind of wrap up here, uh, you know, I want to invite the, the listeners to, regardless of which version maybe you are a fan of A Christmas Carol, or maybe you just have never taken the time to read or to watch or to listen to any versions of A Christmas Carol, wherever you lie in the Christmas Carol world, I want to invite you to take a listen to uh, our version at We Are One Body Audio Theater. You can find it on our YouTube channel. You can go to our podcast. We're on all the major podcast directories. We've got a show just for Christmas Carol. You can go to our website at waobaudiotheater.org and look up our Christmas Carol page. Um, And it's a four-part series that we did. So we have The Encounter with Jacob Marley, and then we have The Encounter with All the Ghosts, uh, Past, Present, and Future. And again, a really wonderful, wonderful production uh, and a great way to sort of uh, add some extra... um, what would you say to, to, to your Christmas? How, how would you say it's a good way to add an extra channel of joy? There you go. Okay. An extra channel of joy. So if you're missing, uh, if you have a space in your joy channels uh, for this Christmas, <laughs> uh, go and find A Christmas Carol uh, done by We Are One Body Audio Theater and enjoy this Charles Dickens classic and, you know, Hopefully that it would be inspiring to to you and to your family, and of course, as always, to to remind us all of you know the true meaning of Christmas. That's right. Yes, please. And if you can, I'm somewhere. I think in episode three or episode four, and, and <laughs> I've got. I think my line. One of my lines was, "Does it grunt or growl?" So. There you go. So please go search out Michael Steele <laughs> talking about grunting and growling in our version of A Christmas Carol uh, and prepare to have your mind blown by a performance uh, unlike unlike any other you've heard any before. Other. Like, like, like any other. You know, just, um, yeah, so, exactly. So uh, Michael Steele... Uh, on this Christmas Day, I'm so glad that we were able to uh, speak together uh, about A Christmas Carol and, uh, in our production that we did. So thank you for joining me for this production. Oh, likewise, Albert. You know, and uh, may the joy of newborn Savior be yours. And, you know, may we all, as Tiny Tim said, keep Christmas every day in our hearts. And also, as Tiny Tim says, you know, God bless us, everyone. Truly, to all of you, a very merry and blessed Christmas season. Uh, And we look forward to the next time in the next episode of the Table of Content. Until then, be good, stay safe, peace. Peace.